Hello world and welcome to the program. This is Alex and a weekly episode of my podcast Ukrainian Unleashed, a place where you'll get along with Ukrainians and also observe how the global scenery impacts Ukrainian society in these exciting times. We speak about events, trends, individuals and lifestyles of modern Ukrainians. So let's jump right in! In today's episode you'll get to know the whole story of Ukrainian Me Too movement in details and personalities. Was it the first experience for Ukrainians and who became the main figures? We'll find out if Me Too was a countdown for Ukrainians in fighting against sexual harassment or it started even earlier. How was the movement perceived by Ukrainians and did it affect Ukrainian society? What do Ukrainian Google Trends statistics on the topic show us? What was in common and what was different about the global MeToo movement and Ukrainian realities? How the general verdict of Harvey Weinstein's case was taken by Ukrainian media? Post MeToo reflection in Ukraine, gender roles, stereotypes and women's rights. Did it empower women to act? Let's get in at the start. I'm very excited to be here with you guys. And I'm glad to tell you that this week I've got an upgrade of a sound with a new mic that I'm using right now. So hopefully I won't need to speak out in a very loud manner anymore to make sure that my voice is streamlined while recording new episodes. So let me know if now this sounds better and those 30 bucks were not spent <laughs> in vain. <laughs> Um, anyway, as you'll see further on, this came up on point as today I've decided to cover a very important and compelling topic. The topic which demands to be shout out. And here is why. We are all now having enough time for reflection, not only about our lives, but also about the way our society changes day by day. Even though we don't have a clue now when the quarantine will be over and what's next to expect, I'm sure there will be a lot of perturbation after. But even if a lot transforms drastically, there are some ideas which are still so fresh that it seems to me they are still reasoning in our minds. So today I'd like to talk about people that faced against gender inequality and discrimination in the world and here in Ukraine in particular. They told their stories to make their fear and trauma visible. They made it visible for all of us so we could raise our awareness about the magnitude of the problem. And the way our Ukrainian society together with the global community made it through during the last five years is just impressive. So let's see if we have our own Ukrainian Me Too story to tell. According to the UN, about 70% of women worldwide were victims of sexual harassment at least once in their lives. However, only one of five dares to talk about it, mostly because of the belief that it won't change anything and fear of being stigmatized by the communities. I wonder what comes to your mind when you think about Me Too movement. I can tell you what comes to mind. Anger, pain and disappointment. Disappointment in human nature. Do we really need to think about self-control in order not to hurt other people? Not to damage other people's lives? Because when we talk about sexual harassment, abusive behavior and rape, this is something that can really traumatize people's mentality and break them forever. I was lucky to never get through such obstacles and hope no one from my family members did. 
but you never know because people don't talk about such things every now and then. And so myself, beyond a couple of stories and articles, I never checked on how Ukrainians reacted to Me Too movement on a personal level. But was Me Too really the countdown for Ukrainians in fighting against sexual harassment? Or did it start even earlier? And did we have any preconditions for Me Too movement to spread across Ukraine? Let's get through this step by step. The first thing you get about Me Too on Google search is a link to a long and compelling Wikipedia article which is a part of a series on feminism. Personally, I think you don't even need to stick to a range of social movements and ideologies against women's rights violation to identify the fact that sexual harassment in any case is a general matter of injustice which can be tolerated. So the phrase Me Too was initially used in this context on social media in 2006 on MySpace by sexual harassment survivor and activist Tarana Berg. For her, as she said in one of the interviews she was given later in 2017, quote, Me Too initially was about reaching the places that other people wouldn't go, bringing messages and words and encouragements to survivors of sexual violence where other people wouldn't be talking about it." Unquote. Similar to other social justice and empowerment movements based upon breaking silence, the purpose of Me Too, as initially voiced by Burke, as well as those who later adopted the tactic, was to empower women through empathy and solidarity. And what was happening in Ukraine in those days? Unfortunately, I couldn't find any public campaigns or heated discussions affected by emerging Me Too movement. Ukraine before 2014 was a country full of misogyny and dominant patriarchy, which was the main cause of women's civil and labor rights violation. Although the Ukrainian government even signed the Istanbul Convention on preventing and combating violence against women and domestic violence in 2018, it has not been ratified yet. Even though the European Union and the Council of Europe called on Ukraine to ratify it without delay in 2016, an attempt to ratify the document was failed. Today in Ukraine, violence against women remains one of the most pressing social problems. The number of victims per year is over 1 million people. But let's take a look at the timeline of the MeToo movement's further rising. The next big episode which pushed the discussion en masse appeared to be the case of Italian model Ambra Gutierrez, who were first to accuse Harvey Weinstein of touching her inappropriately. As the police investigation progressed and became public, tabloids published negative stories about Gutierrez that portrayed her as an opportunist. Almost at the same time, the hashtag SendTheUnlad, tell your story about violence, appeared at the top of global trends on Twitter. Such media buzz was triggered by the brutal murder of Turkish student Özgecan Oslan, who resisted the rape attempt. Hundreds of women protested across Turkey. According to Euronews, the event took place not only in her hometown of Mersin, but also in Ankara and Istanbul. The women themselves carried the girl's coffin at her funeral and did not allow the imam to carry out a full funeral ceremony. 
This incident has brought together activists seeking to end violence against women in Turkey, where hundreds of women were killed every year at the hands of their husbands. Meanwhile, in Ukraine, social media finally exploded with a photo flash mob in support of a policewoman Ludmila Milevich, who was bullied by some users having shared some private photos of her while being on vacation and commenting on her appearance. 27 years old, Ludmila has admitted to journalists that a wave of criticism she was facing because of exposed photos might have forced her to quit her job. So for showing support to the young woman, public sector activists posted their reactions using a hashtag MyNewPolicy. Quote, this flash mob for me is not only showing support to a police officer, but also an attempt to show that personal life and work are different things, and especially that women like men can get a decent wage for their professional work and spend it as they please." Unquote. Said Olga Kulik, public relations manager at AIDS Foundation East-West Ukraine. This was the first public breakthrough in facing against the sexual objectification of women in Ukraine. I think that this might have been a reaction to the changes which had occurred since 2014, when Ukrainians began to fight for their freedom and desire to live in a country different from what they had. Having a shooting war also changed the perception of women's role in modern Ukrainian society, as they took a major role in the vast volunteer movement and even on the front line as members of national forces. So the criticism and stereotypes began to slow down under the pressure of social transformation. But still, there was a lot to tell from those who experienced sexual harassment in the past and had to keep silence to avoid stigmatization. So inspired by the successful cooperation and showing up of the main activists ready to launch new advocacy campaigns and go further, another flash mob has reached out Ukrainian social media. It started in April 2015, when a lot of Ukrainian women joined the international flash mob Red My Lips, which aimed to show solidarity and support for victims of sexual abuse. Quote, the victim is not guilty of sexual assault if she wasn't wearing makeup, if she wasn't wearing the dress. But no one deserves to be sexually abused. The only person responsible for the violence is the offender, who should be held responsible for his or her crime. Unquote, said one of the women. The posts with hashtag RedMyLips were regularly posted during the whole of 2015, mainly on Facebook accounts, and this was just a rehearsal of what was coming up next. On June 29, 2016, the Daily Mail published an article with a compelling photo series created by photographer Jana Mazurkevich, from Belarus but currently based in the US, who aimed to tackle rape victim blaming. The series of photos included the statements like, my skirt was too short, I should have expected this to happen, it was my fault, I was drunk and I was being too friendly. Right after that, the publication got posted by Fishkinet, one of the top media sources in Ukraine and Russia, from where it became an object of heated discussions as there were a lot of males who actively criticized women's behavior and shown that they were psychologically hardwired to blame the victims. So this was a culture of victim blaming in action. 
Right after that, Nastya Milnichenko, Ukrainian journalist and civil rights activist, has written the post revealing her anger and disappointment about the people's minds and reactions on the topic. She mentioned the story told by one of the males where he accidentally met beaten and raped girl in one of the parks and guided her to the police department. But in the conclusion he said that that was her fault of having walked around the park at night, so there wouldn't have been an accident otherwise. Nastya was extremely shocked and regardless all the support and reposts which a lot of people have shown to her previous post, she decided to share her sexual harassment experience with the public and marked it with the hashtag I'm not afraid to tell. And this became a groundbreaking change for the whole Ukrainian and Russian Facebook community. By now only, this post got 2000 replies and was shared 400 times. A lot of comments were also left by men where they still were trying to convince women in having taken it too seriously. But the waves of women's revelations have massively started to spread and thousands of Russian and Ukrainian women have been sharing stories of sexual harassment, violence and rape on social media. That's how I'm not afraid to tell hashtag went viral. The reaction was indeed very powerful. According to the web analytics, Ukraine and Russia together had 16.5 million views of the posts with this hashtag. Nasta herself was very astonished because 24,000 people shared their own experiences of going through sexual abuse. Numerous online media, including BBC Ukraine, The Guardian, Medusa, Ukrainian Pravda, picked up the narrative and brought it even to a wider public. Quote, I want women to speak out today, to talk about the violence most of us have experienced. I wish we would not make excuses. I went out in sportswear in the middle of the day, but I was still caught. Because we don't have to justify ourselves. We are not guilty. But always the rapist is." Unquote, she stated. This became a new departure for Ukraine and Russia, where domestic violence and sexual abuse are often taboo topics or treated as part of life. Taken together, the stories became a hailing through talking. Let's take a listen at the short audio translated from Nastya's original interview with BBC Ukraine. I'm hoping it will be the first but very important step because judging by the replies to my hashtag from men coming from men first and foremost many of them never even suspected that their attentions might not be welcome and the second thing is that the whole society is being educated because I was approached by a number of publishing houses planning to publish books for small children about unacceptability of violence in any form. Alongside, in October 2016, another wave of outrage with the hashtag NotOkay hit social media and started trending in the US after the release of the tapes where Donald Trump was caught having a lewd conversation with Billy Bush of Access Hollywood about sexually assaulting women. Women took to social media to share their first experiences with sexual assault. The original post sparked over 9000 retweets and developing the hashtag NotOkay shedding light on the sexual assault and abuse that women have faced throughout their lives. 
Then, at the beginning of 2017, as we all know, the Fox News story has ballooned in the US. The network has been accused of permitting sexual harassment and racial discrimination by on-air hosts, executives and employees, paying out millions of dollars in legal settlements. Prominent Fox News figures such as Robert Ailes, Bill O'Reilly and Eric Bolin were eventually fired after a multitude of women accused them of sexual harassment. So that's why Fox News' extensive coverage of the Harvey Weinstein's scandal in October 2017 was uh, seen by some as hypocritical. And then, that was finally time for Me Too, the movement which exposed the real scale of sexual abuse in the world. Actress Elisa Milano credited Tarana Burke with creating Me Too hashtag and tweeted a link to her organization. Burke said she was happy to see her idea to reach a larger audience. Quote, I've seen it happen over and over again in small waves, but to see it happen en masse has been pretty amazing. Unquote. The first statistics received in October 2017 has shown that the MeToo hashtag had been used 825,000 times, Twitter reported. The numbers were equally staggering on Facebook. The company said that in less than 24 hours after the Milano's tweet was posted, 4.7 million people around the world have engaged in the MeToo conversation, with more than 12 million posts, comments and reactions. According to Facebook, more than 45% of people in the United States are friends with someone who's posted a message with the words Me Too. The same week, Ukrainian women also joined the flash mob. A lot of them recalled the I'm not afraid to tell initiative, which was launched nearly a year before and were proud that their ideas were brought to another level. Of course, they also got acquainted with the fact that the movement was developing in the US during the decade before having exploded with Milano's appeal. Daria Popova, one of the Ukrainian activists, also joined the flash mob those days, noting that not all women would have gotten the opportunity to speak about such things publicly. Here is a quote from what she posted on her Facebook page in those days. Quote, a flash mob similar to the I'm not afraid to tell was launched by Alisa Milano on Twitter in connection with the movie industry scandal. I'm a big supporter of raising this topic, doesn't matter if it comes from grassroots activists or Hollywood. However, it is a pity that such initiatives only affect women who are lucky enough to be born in more or less affluent countries and have access to the internet. Only 40% of the world's population currently has it." Unquote. A lot of Ukrainian media caught up a discussion and published their articles after having reviewed what has been happening in Hollywood. But later on the focus has changed and a series of interviews with Ukrainian public activists, feminists and journalists have been evoked. As a result, according to Google Trends, Ukrainians started searching on the web the information about Me Too movement even though Given the proportion of all queries, they were still five times less attentive to the problem than people in the US. The most popular regions with this request became Odessa and Kiev, and three eastern Ukrainian regions of Kharkiv, Donetsk and Zaporizhia. 
And I can see that the movement itself pushed Ukrainians to the polemic about the understanding of sexual harassment and assaults, as a lot of men was feeling remorse by the fact that sometimes, even involuntarily, they acted as offenders. But one of the main positive effects of the I'm not afraid to tell and the following Me Too campaigns for Ukraine is that traumatized women got a power to speak up and feeling supported to become visible. So already six months later, media expert Irina Zemlina and journalist Liza Kuzmenko made a public comment to the president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, who called Dia a journalist Marina Baranovska when she asked him an uncomfortable question during his press conference. Irina made t-shirts with the print I'm ain't your dear and posted a message on her Facebook page. Quote, and today I'm indignant to see how he addresses to female journalists at his press conference. I'm ain't your dear, Petro Alexievich, and neither do millions of Ukrainian women who do their job and work for Ukraine every day." Unquote. On February 24, 2020, a New York jury handed down a historic verdict on one of the most notorious and scandalous court cases. The articles had it with a title like that could have been seen in all Ukrainian media nearly one month ago. Even though the majority of Ukrainians didn't follow the process against Hollywood mogul, the name of Harvey Weinstein is sort of household now, even for Ukrainians when we talk about gender roles, stereotypes and women's rights, of course. But the way Ukrainian media enlightened the process was mostly retrospective and descriptive without giving any certain judgments on the final verdict. The reason for that is not all of the readers still get the whole point of the game-changing mission of Harvey Weinstein's case and rising of the new era of justice for those who became victims of sexual misconduct from those in power. But the dialogue about gender equality in Ukrainian society was initiated. Private companies and state organizations started to pay attention to gender discrimination, including harassment and sexist comments about women. On October 2019, within the framework of the Metamorphosis Art Laboratory in Kiev, 16 artists from Ukraine, Germany, Georgia, Armenia, Moldova, Azerbaijan and Russia were brought together for discussing the processes which have taken place en masse around feminism. The organizer of the laboratory, Katerina Mishchenko, in her interview to Radio Svoboda admitted that quote, We had experience with I'm not afraid to say and it was first and foremost an online experience. But what happened in the US after with Me Too, layoffs, litigations and discussions about lower wages of female actresses in comparison with their male counterparts. So this was something more than a flash mob, more than mobilization on social media. The issue of workplace harassment has shifted from the digital to other corporate industries, big businesses and so on. We get news about this which can be discussed especially in the cultural field, but at the same time the structures that exist in Ukraine allow to maintain inequalities between women and men in different fields, professional and private, and this is not in question. And I wish these protest waves were an occasion to talk about what was happening to us." Unquote. 
Although sexual harassment is illegal in most modern legal contexts, it is often difficult to prove in court that it has taken place. For example, in Ukraine such actions are regulated by Article 154 of the Criminal Code, but in reality these norms turn out to be dead, since most often in courts this looks like competing accusations. But as I was checking the data in the register of the pre-trial investigations of Ukraine, during the last three years the number of cases dismissed from the court has dropped by 30% in general, which gives us the idea that more and more defendants became accountable for their illegal actions. However, MeToo also pointed on differences in the mindset of different generations, millennials and boomers. Millennials are sometimes referred to as the most self-aware generation. They are perceived to be more tolerant and active in upholding their rights. Compared to the older generation, young women speak more freely and openly about violence and harassment now and are not afraid to voice new expectations of relationships with the opposite sex. Another reason for the popularity of MeToo movement on social media was the lack of trust to the law enforcement agencies, the lack of confidence in their ability to protest and provide adequate assistance to victims, including psychological support. The internet has become a convenient and safe forum for victims of sexual harassment, where women were not afraid to speak. As told by Sarai Chmali of the Women's Media Center speech project to Democracy Now!, quote, um, It takes a tremendous outpouring of really trauma from women working together um, in a campaign like Me Too to make people sit up and pay attention. But what we're really talking about is making people believe what women are talking about, because we have a very deep-seated distrust of what women say. And, and when women say it, it's very easy to dismiss and trivialize. Unquote. This was a new episode of Ukrainian Unleashed podcast. Thanks for being here with me. I also would love to thank Purple Planet for lovely musical compositions used in this episode. I'd really appreciate your comments, reactions and subscription to our podcast and YouTube channels. Let's get in touch to know each other better. You may also find us on all major platforms like Spotify, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play Music. And also this week we were submitted on Deezer, Google Podcasts, I heard Radio, Overcast, Castbox, Player FM, Podknife. So the whole batch of your favorite spots, huh? We are ready to do whatever it takes to get closer to you. <laughs> and of course check our pages in social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram accounts with fresh updates. New episodes coming up weekly on Mondays. Stay tuned and safe.